Conflict of Interest uh, and Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion has found that the Prime Minister violated the Ethics Code by trying to sway former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould to make a deferred prosecution decision for SNC-Lavalin. And uh, today that has all come out. Ethics Commissioner released the hotly anticipated findings of this report improperly that that, uh, say that Trudeau improperly pressured Wilson-Raybould to override the decision of the Director of Public Prosecutions not to offer the Quebec engineering giant a deal to avoid criminal prosecution on charges of corruption and bribery. Uh, The quote says the Prime Minister directly and through his senior officials used various means to uh, exert influence over Mrs. Uh, over Miss Wilson-Raybould. The authority of the Prime Minister and his office was used to circumvent, undermine, and ultimately attempt to discredit the decision of the Director of Public Prosecutions as well as the authority of Ms. Wilson-Raybould as the Crown Chief Law Officer. Uh, this is all in regard to Section 9 of the Conflict of Interest Act. To talk more about all of this, let's bring in Christo Avalis, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council Postdoctoral Fellow in History, University of Toronto, and is with us now, Christo, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. How significant is this, Christo? How significant is it? It's a pretty big deal. I mean, it it is the summer. Um, Maybe some people who had already found that Trudeau, maybe it's kind of the thing where if you thought Trudeau was guilty, you knew he was guilty. So this is no surprise. And if you believe Trudeau, maybe you still won't believe this report. So maybe everybody's already entrenched. But the headline's not good. It sort of vindicates Wilson-Raybould in a lot of ways. So I mean, this could make that, that keeping that seat in, in Vancouver, you know, in, in Granville, uh, much more tricky. Um, it gives a lot of ammunition to both, you know, the NDP and the Conservatives to attack the Liberals in different ways. And it, it, it's, just, it's not a good thing because it's not just, you know, it's an ethics violation, but, you know, sort of like they violated this, the rule, but maybe not the spirit, you know, kind of a flimsy thing. The, the, the ethics commissioner was right. pretty strong in his wording. So I don't think it's a good I don't think it's a good day at all for Justin Trudeau. Uh, it's one thing to have the uh, other political parties, the opposition, throw mud in regard to this issue, but how much of an impact does it have when the ethics commissioner says so? And as you said, it was quite specific. Yeah, no, certainly. So again, like as I noted, you know, with something like this, again, if people are already entrenched in what they believe, because as we know, politics isn't just all about facts; it's a lot about emotion and and and, and, and bias and what have you. So again, it might well be the case that the people who were, were blaming Trudeau for this scandal had already made up their minds and they'll use this as confirmation. And for the people who believe Trudeau, they've already go- they're going to believe him no matter what. So you could say that maybe this effect will be minimal, but I think it does give greater weight to the, the claim that something wrong happened here and that the opposition to Trudeau here isn't some kind of you know, effort to take seats from the Liberals or to elect the Conservatives or whatever the narrative is, and that there actually was something that happened here. And that is going to benefit the opposition because they can point to this. But much like here in Ontario, when, you know, the the Ontario budget officer criticized be it Kathleen Wynne or Doug Ford, I think those things carried a lot of weight. And often, you know, opposition parties can, can, in a sense, weaponize those reports. But I think that Ontarians and I think Canadians um, generally trust in the in the efficacy of of their of their non-elected officials more often than not and i think that this is a case where uh, these words will have will have weight and i think the media is treating them with weight and i think that you know given how this is trending on social media and what have you uh, people see this as at least something of a newsworthy story 
Considering how much this story resonated way back when, and I think most of us were surprised that this story did resonate the way that it did, being the Jody Wilson-Raybould SNC-Lavalin affair, considering how much, it seemed we talked about it for weeks, what do you think the repercussions will be? I mean, that's interesting. I mean, at first what you saw was, you know, Trudeau took a big hit. Both his personal numbers tanked, he was seen as quite popular, um, and his Liberal Party looked to be cruising probably towards another majority. You know, it was, you know, but they were, they had a significant lead, a few points over the Conservatives in almost every poll. Um, and then, as we know, uh, there was a big tank uh, after that. Now, Trudeau is sort of rebounded, and now we're in a position where we're sort of in a tie, you know, on the other polling federally between the Liberals and Conservatives. I think what you could see here again is a, another dip for Trudeau, both in his party and his personal numbers, because I think this is a pretty big deal. And again, this this was a story that, again, I was on this channel, be it on your show or Bill's show or on other media on the CTV or CBC, pretty much every day for about 16 or 17 yeah, days. I know. So, so like it was a big it was a big story in all the different ways we could talk about it, the labor aspect and the politics aspect and the ethics aspect and one on and on and on. And now it is the summer. So it might not have quite the legs that it did in the dreary you know, January, February months. But I do think it's going to have an impact. And the one upside for Trudeau here is that it's in the summer. But a downside is that it's in the summer and there's not a whole lot of other political news happening. That Doug being Ford's said, trying to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no there's no legislative. There's no new policies being passed in Ontario or, you know, in Ottawa. So this is the political story in Canada today, excepting maybe in, in Manitoba where, the, you know, there's the election. Uh, considering that we are heading into a federal election, and your point's very valid about uh, summertime. I mean, you know, people are, are are busy; they're just checked out for, you know, for the weeks or so. Um, that being said, because we are heading into a fall election in October, uh, this is red meat for the opposition, is it not? I mean, I would I would think so. I mean, I think for Tony Wilson Raybould again, I think this is great news for her. I think this is uh, at least from a political sense of vindication that she was right in saying that, you know, this is what, what was happening was wrong and that she was just trying to protect the prime minister and protect her government and protect our cabinet, protect her party from, from the ethics violation and, and indeed protect Canadians in some way. So I think she's vindicated. And I think that, you know, um, I, I don't want to make a, a naked prediction, but I would guess that this probably strengthens her, her bid to win her seat as an independent uh, might help Jane Philpott as well, although she's in a bit of a tougher, a bit of a tougher race. Um, but yeah, I think it will it will hurt the liberals. Um, I don't know where the support will go. I think on the one hand, you think, well, the, the conservatives are the opposition party. But on the other hand, Jagmeet Singh and the NDP have been kind of consistent here in making a call for a national inquiry. You know, Andrew Scheer sort of, I think, jumped the gun by saying Trudeau must resign. And he said that back in January, February. And I felt that was a bit premature. Jagmeet Singh the whole way through has been like, look, Canadians deserve to know more. We need a national inquiry run by, not run by, the, you know, the Liberal Stack Justice Committee, but by a, a national independent group. And I think as we get more and more info, it's true we do need one, because even as this commissioner notes, there were times where he couldn't get all the information needed. So there's still more we don't know, because the commissioner, despite their power and their, their influence, didn't have all the information available to them when they made this report. So for all we know, the situation could be even worse than what this report indicates. Christo Avalis is with his University of Toronto. Christo, you mentioned uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould being vindicated with this uh, report from the Ethics Commissioner, Mario Dion. Uh, could we see her back in the Liberal Party? 
I mean, that's a, that's a tough one, right? I mean, on the one hand, you might argue, like, let's say, like, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but let's say the liberals, you know, lose government this time. Let's say, you know, the, the Andrew Shearer becomes prime minister, or let's say even the liberals, you know, uh, form a minority government, but they finish second in seats and they need the NDP and green support. And maybe Trudeau is forced out because they feel it's, it's you know, he's done. You know, does Wilson Raybould come back? See, Maybe, but I think a lot of people in the Liberals, fairly or not to Jody Wilson-Raybould, are going to blame her and they're going to blame Jane Philpott and they're going to blame Cesar Chavon to a certain degree. And they're going to blame these three women for all of this, saying that if she wouldn't have been so loudmouthed about it, then Justin Trudeau would never would have had this scandal and we would have won again and blah, 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 blah. So it could well be the case that even if Trudeau goes down over this, that she's you know, persona right. non grata mm-hmm. in the in the Liberal Party. And then who knows where her political future is? Is it with the Greens? Some people suggested maybe it's with the BC NDP. Like, we, we don't know what her political future is. Maybe it is going back to the Liberals, but I would feel that, you know, it, Trudeau alone leaving might not be enough because the remaining of the cabinet is pretty loyal to Trudeau. And I would think that, you know, Trudeau goes down, the likely favorite to replace him might be somebody like, like you know, Christia Freeland or, or, or Bill Morneau or, or someone like that. And I think that that's, you know, somebody, there'd be people ahead of Wilson Raybould and, and party loyalists might not trust her hmm. uh, anymore. Again, fairly or not. How is this playing, this information that came out, how is this playing in the Liberal Party, do you think? I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure right now. I mean, this is pretty breaking news. Again, uh, when, when this story first broke, you noticed that, there were a few voices that sort of aligned with Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott and Cesar Chavon were, were some of them. And then, and then, of course, as we know, over time, they would both, um, you know, leave the Liberal caucus and they would, you know, in Cesar Chavon's case, basically retire from politics. And in Philpott's case and Wilson-Raybould's case, they would seek office as independents. Um, and in that case, I feel like it was pretty clear that other than those few figures, the caucus was more or less united. And so I think now it'll be interesting to see. But I think that even if this was so bad that some would think to themselves, well, maybe you maybe Justin Trudeau leaving is the best thing for us. The election's too close. You know, I think you yeah. have to sort of pull rank here and, and, and circle the wagons and, 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 and push towards the finish line because, you know, that's that's what that's that's the election. And I mean, hypothetically, with Canada's rules, I mean, the election doesn't actually happen to ha- have to happen until 2020. You know, these, the, the, the Fair Elections Act is, is a restriction on the constitutional right of a government to last for at, least, uh, for at most five years. But, I mean, the, the, the reality is that we're at, we're at election time now. The liberals don't have any time to, but to be unified. And so I think that's what's going to happen. Again, whether or not some liberal MPs in the back of their head are like, ooh, this is a bad one, I think it's too late to shift course. Like, I mean, you mm. can't even really jump ship to another party nominations have already happened people have already been knocking on doors it's like we are like the election hasn't been called yet but effectively we're, we're like we're two months away from the election yeah especially with the uh, prime minister's visit in toronto yesterday it was pretty obvious uh, we're in campaign mode yeah. uh what do you think the prime minister's reaction is going to be to this will justin trudeau apologize for this finally i'm not sure if he's going to apologize that's an interesting question I mean, it might happen i wonder if justin trudeau will keep the same line he's kept which is that what we were doing, we were doing to protect jobs of Canadians. We were doing to balance the, the need for the rule of law with the protection of, of innocent people who would be affected by the corruption of a few. And that, that line, I think, at least some people bought. 
you know, so he might keep that line and, and, and almost say, like, what I did, I did, I, I, you know, the commissioner can say. I broke the law. I, I, I broke my ethical, uh, I compromised my ethics for a good reason. Does that, does well, that he wash? Might, he might not put it like that, but he might say, like, the commissioner can say what they wish to say. But all along, I felt I did the right thing for Canadians on balance. And he could, he could say that. And I mean, whether or not people will buy it is another thing, but he could make that case. And again, I've always thought that argument kind of weak. Justin Trudeau said he did it to protect the jobs and pensions of SNC-Ladeline workers. But as we know, Justin Trudeau has done nothing to protect uh, pensions of Sears workers. He's done nothing to protect the pensions of Stelco workers. So we know that that's a very selective care for workers and their pensions. But if that argument works, uh, who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, some people might agree with him and, and say, well, look here, corruption is one thing, but those 5,000 jobs, whether or not they were actually at risk, there's a whole debate about you know, what, what's the actual effect on jobs? Yeah. They might say it's worth it. It's worth violating ethics for a few thousand jobs. And if you believe that, you know, and Canada is a country that continues to trade with China despite their human rights abuses because of the economics, you know, the conservatives would find it very difficult, I think, to, to, to say that they've never sacrificed ethics for jobs. Um, you know, Trudeau might get away with that. But I think that's his only way. I don't know if he's going to apologize Um even though maybe maybe that's the right thing to do, I don't I don't know if he will. Uh, is this does this mean the deal for SNC Lavalin is finally dead? Uh, C- can they award a, a, a deferred prosecu- a deferred uh, prosecution agreement now? I mean, I, I suppose they they still can. I like legally, like I think, like you know, they still have the prerogative to do so. But I mean, will they? I I don't know. I mean, does it the kind of thing that the liberals? will, you know, have an election over and maybe if they win again, they'll offer it and in a sense t- tell themselves that the public has effectively given our given us a mandate for this because this has been such a central issue to the character of the government. The public has said we still trust in the government despite this, a.k.a. go ahead and offer the, the deferred prosecution agreement. Maybe that'll be their point. I mean, I would be surprised if you see it before the election because of you know, uh, the, the original scandal blow up, but then also this scandal blow up, the, 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 the aftershock, if you will. I'd be surprised if you see it before the election. But I mean, I wouldn't rule it out after because, I mean, you know, the way our government works is that you, you can't, there's no redos. And so it's whether it's Doug Ford saying that, you know, he'll, he won't do something and once he wins, he'll, he did it. You know, or whether it's Justin Trudeau basically saying, like, look, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, knowing that if he wins again, he'll do it. I mean, who knows? But mm. I'd be very surprised if you see it prior to October 21st. Uh, Christo Avalis has been with us, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, postdoctoral fellow in history at the University of Toronto. Christo, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. It is 1226. Uh, phones are ringing. Let's answer them. Stefan's on the line. Stefan, what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, <laughs> My thoughts is, I'll keep it simple, Scott. I think Prime Minister Trudeau should have apologized. He should apologize. Do you think yes. he will? Will he, will he apologize? Do you think he will? Yeah. I don't think so. Thanks for the call. Much I appreciated, so. Stefan.